Hello and welcome to News Now. I'm your host, Taylor Inman. We're going over this week's biggest headlines and what's coming up for the Flathead Valley. The John Light Speaker Series raises funds for the Northwest Montana History Museum, and it's one of their most popular event series of the year. I learn a bit more about it with Museum Executive Director Margaret Davis and the first speaker in the series, Ron Brevik, who has ridden across every single paved road in Montana on his motorcycle. But first, here are some headlines. Scant snowfall presented Northwest Montana hunters with challenging conditions during the general rifle season, with harvest totals finishing slightly lower compared to last fall. Montana's general big game season ended November 26. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Region 1 check stations tallied 9.1% of hunters with with game, down from 9.7% in 2022. Just over 10,000 hunters were counted, a modest uptick from the just over 9,200 counted in 2022. Region 1 Communication and Program Manager Dylan Tabish said low snowfall made it more difficult for hunters to track animals, while the snow that did accumulate became crunchy and challenging to be stealthy across. The success rate finally ramped up as the rut kicked in for the last two weekends of the season. State wildlife officials had anticipated this year's harvest to be about the same as last year following a long and cold 2022-2023 winter. Snow covered food sources through March while multiple cold snaps took its toll on vulnerable deer. Tabish said hard winters are the biggest driving force in deer populations, adding that predators are more successful when animals are weak from difficult conditions. With the season over, hunters are encouraged to take part in Fish, Wildlife, and Parks' annual phone survey that wildlife officials use to capture more accurate data that is used for game population modeling. More than a dozen people clad in yellow t-shirts marched around the entrance to Whitefish City Hall last week before calling on city council to crack down on illegal short-term rentals in the municipality. Their goal that evening was to implore council to hire a short-term rental code enforcement officer, a request that was submitted to the body by city staff. Whitefish is home to 374 registered short-term rentals, with upwards of another 300 operating illegally, according to city data. Most of the speakers were from Housing for Blank, a housing advocacy group. Many were born and raised in Whitefish and now, as adults, are finding it impossible to continue to live in their hometown because of the cost of housing. Bailey McCarville, a First Nations person, was born and raised in Whitefish and currently lives in Kalispell. She explained how the, quote, limited and egregiously expensive options for housing have affected her life. Most of the speakers requested that council enforce the existing rules around short-term rentals and hire employees to aid in that effort and educate the public. Of the 16 people who spoke about short-term rental regulation enforcement, only one, a short-term rental owner, opposed it. City manager Dana Smith added that it would take time to fill the position, but the staff would soon launch the process. The position will be full-time and include resort tax enforcement as well. After discussion, the council voted to unanimously authorize the hiring of a code enforcement officer to address short-term rentals operating illegally in city limits. Flathead Rivers Alliance has received a $30,000 grant to help fund its effort to improve American Disability Act accessibility on the Flathead River. The grant was secured through the Flathead National Forest and the Flathead Resource Advisory Committee. The goal of the project is to provide those living with a disability more direct access to natural resources. The multi-year project will improve accessibility of 12 vehicle access sites for individuals with disabilities on the middle and north forks of the Flathead River. Access sites currently meet limited accessibility standards, according to the Alliance. In 2022, the group tackled phase one of the project by assessing baseline conditions of select river access sites through on-location visits and a workshop. This produced conceptual designs and recommendations for top two priority access sites for the National Forest consideration. Phase 2 will produce conceptual designs for the remaining 10 access sites, finalize and prioritize recommendations for each of the sites, and produce an ADA-slash-Universal Design River User Guide for existing conditions. A series of stakeholder workshops will be held to assist with these efforts. Flathead Rivers Alliance is seeking funding for the remaining $13,000 to complete Phase 2. 
Contact Sheena Pate, Executive Director at info at flatheadrivers.org for donations specific to this project. The Northwest Montana History Museum will celebrate a few different birthdays next year, with the John White Speaker Series entering into its 20th year. It's one of their most popular events, so I chatted with Executive Director Margaret Davis and Speaker Ron Brevik to learn more about what attendees can expect. The John White Speaker Series, this is the second, sorry, the 22nd edition. So for 22 years, we have gathered speakers who delve into all aspects of Montana history, and maybe it's just Northwest Montana history. That's always our preference, is some very regional um, aspect that people are interested in. We've got Ron Brevik kicking it off with Riding the Big Sky on January 7th, and then we have Kate Kendall, who's a very well-known bear scientist. She worked throughout Montana, but in Glacier National Park for many, many years, and did some groundbreaking research on bear fur, which I'm sure she'll tell us about, but her talk is called Bear History 101. That's on January 14th. And then on February 4th, we have Mary Jean Bradbury. She's a perennial favorite at the museum. I haven't seen her perform yet, but she's a storyteller and historic interpreter who takes on and researches important people from history and does it in costume, uh, cites, you know, writings from that person. So she is going to be Meriwether Lewis's mom, Lucy Marks. Oh, cool who was a very interesting person, and her talk is called A Mother's Journey. And then wrapping up the series on February 18th is Mariah Gladstone. Really excited to have her. She's from BAB. She's Blackfeet and Cherokee, and she started an online cooking school program called Indigi Kitchen. So her talk is called Cooking Up Indigi Kitchen, and her mission is to revitalize indigenous food. So tell me who John White was. Well, actually, John White is two guys. Oh, and okay. I did some research on this because, of course, I had been hearing John White series and actually going to the talks before I even realized who John White was. So I did look into it. I wrote an article in the newsletter about it, the museum newsletter. And it is John White Sr. and John White Jr. who both worked at the Central School, which is now the home of the Northwest Montana History Museum. It's our oldest public building in Kalispell, and the John Whites, <laughs> I like to call them, were a significant um, presence at the school. They were beloved by students and staff. They would see the kids running towards school and delay ringing the bell so the kids wouldn't be marked tardy, and um, just, I think, one or both lived at the school, so uh, very much uh, people who went to school there remember John White's, John White Jr. and Sr., and always with a nice smile on their face. And we do have pictures and a write-up about John White on, in our main hallway as you enter the museum. So uh, we urge people to come by the museum. You don't have to buy the tickets online. You can as a convenience, but you can also just come to the museum or call us and we'll run your credit card and put you on the list or bring us a check or even cold hard cash <laughs> and we will sign you up. But uh, people are already coming in to get their tickets. All right, I'm here with Ron Brevik. He is the first speaker for the John White Speaker Series at the Northwest Montana History Museum. So you've ridden all across the state of Montana. Every single bit of road there is, correct? Paved road. Paved road, yeah. excuse me. 
Tell me about what led you to do that. Curiosity, the desire to explore, adventure. I've been riding motorcycles for over 50 years, safely. And I bought a new motorcycle in 2003, and... Which led me to a day's ride, which led me to the uh, exploring Montana. And I set a goal to ride all of the paved roads in the state of Montana, which I did over a 16 year period. And 70,000 miles later, I completed that goal. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So, what were some of the things that you saw on, on, on these trips? To begin with, the countryside, the beautiful state of Montana. You know, just love it. Love the farmers, love the ranchers, love the wildlife. Um, but I quickly realized that there's a lot more to this story. You know, number one was just my story of riding a motorcycle. Two, the people of Montana, who I started to meet along these rides. And three, the history of Montana. And all three of those stories came together, and uh, I realized I really had a tiger by the tail. Um, so I planned those trips over the 16-year period and uh, set the goal to ride all of the paved roads in the state of Montana. And along the way, um, I took thousands of photographs. And this was just for myself. Just uh, I had no plans of doing anything with it. And as it came together, um, the stories of the people and the history of Montana came together. And as I wrote, I found the need to connect with these people um, more than just passing by. So I created a postcard. And the postcard has an image of myself on the front and a little story. And I started handing those out to people that I met along the way more than just passing by. And the story started flooding back to me and in turn, I would go back and find these people or find these uh, communities or find these ranchers, find these farmers, and talk with them. And they gave me the history of their families or the, or the country that they were living in. And it just became fascinating to me. Let's see what events are coming up. Remember, you can find art classes, live music, and anything community-related by going to dailyinterlake.com events and checking out our events calendar. There are a variety of holiday markets taking place tomorrow. A winter market is being held at the Red Lion Inn in Polson. A Christmas shop and bake sale will be taking place at the Humane Society of Northwest Montana starting at 10 a.m. And the Kalispell Weekend Pop-Up Market returns to the old Herberger's Building in the Kalispell Center Mall, opening at 10 a.m. And don't forget the Holiday Stroll and Annual Tree Lighting Celebration tonight in Kalispell's Depot Park, starting at 5 p.m. Thanks for joining us. News Now is a podcast from the Daily Interlake. We're proud to be the largest independent newsroom in Montana and the oldest paper in the Valley. Consider becoming a subscriber to support our work. Call Circulation at 406-755-7018 or go to the Subscribe tab in the top right corner of our website. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel to never miss an episode of The Pod. Everybody stay safe and have a great week.